This episode of Finding Her is brought to you by Spotify. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account, friends. It has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the best one on planet Earth, Finding Her. (laughs) On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with your friends on the gram. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app. Search for your favorite podcast, Finding Her on Spotify, or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of Finding Her. Duh. Welcome, friends, to Finding Her, a podcast that dives deep into personal development, creating a brand and business, self-management skills, and how to build that damn village, to name a few. I am your host, Julia Busby, a special education teacher by day that is working hard at building a brand, business, and community that will bring awareness and personal growth through weekly episodes. These weekly episodes will entail discussing topics we all have a hard time talking about in society. Just like you, I am a human juggler in this life, a wife who despises housework, and a mother of three. My passion is to serve others. So are you ready to learn? Let's do this. Holy guacamole, I've been spending the last half an hour trying to re-record and record and re-record and erase this intro to this show. I don't know what my problem is. I'm about to head over to my mom's for dinner. Maybe I'm just got all the excitement because we're going to have a TikTok challenge. <laughs> But anyways, let me start over again. F perfection, right? All right, pause. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back, friends. This is Julia Busby, episode 24 of Finding Her. I'm going to be talking about attachment theory and attachment styles. Why do you ask? Am I going to be talking about that? Well, guess what? Here at Finding Her, I thought it was so important that we need to have a month-long session so four episodes, maybe more, keep you on your toes, about self-sabotage, self-sabotage in our lives, toxic relationships, addictions, and that all begins from the attachment theory. So theorists say that when you're a child and you're brought into this world by your parents and raised by your parents or your caregivers, that you have four attachment styles you could be one of. Am I saying that right? Okay. You get my point. So the reason why I'm giving you this background knowledge is because then once at the end of the show, you'll be able to self-identify with one of the styles. And that will help us when we're moving through this next month, learning about self-sabotaging behaviors, identifying triggers, um, regulating your emotions, um, learning from guest speakers, learning from those hard to talk about topics that I will be discussing over the next month. So get ready to learn. Enjoy. I'm going to start with describing what attachment theory is. So it's a psychological model attempting to describe both long-term and short-term interpersonal relationships between humans. So basically it addresses only a specific faucet, how human beings respond in relationships when hurt, separated from loved ones, or perceiving a threat. 
Keep in mind, all infants become attached. However, individual differences in the quality of the relationships remain significant. So you have a baby. Attachment as a motivational and behavioral system directs a child to seek proximity with the parent when they are alarmed. With expectation, they will receive protection and emotional support. One of the most important parts of the attachment theory is an infant needs to develop a relationship with at least one parent for the child's successful social and emotional development, and in particular for learning how to regulate their feelings. Hmm. Any parent is likely to become the principal attachment figure if they provide most of the child care and related social interactions. In the presence of a sensitive and responsive parent, the infant will use the latter as a safe base from which to explore. Thinking about different types of parenting styles, even sensitive caregivers get it right about 50% of the time. Because their communications might be out of sync or mismatched, there are times when parents feel tired or distracted, the telephone rings, or there is breakfast to prepare. In other words, attuned interactions rupture quite frequently, but the main idea behind this sensitive caregiver is that they are able to repair from that ruptured state. Enter in psychologist Mary Ainsworth in the 1960s and 70s found children will have different patterns of attachment depending on how they experience their early caregiving environment. So interesting. Early patterns of attachment in turn shape, but do not determine the individual's ex- expectations in later relationships. So the next section, I'm going to be talking about the four different attachment classifications identified in children. So keep this in mind when you're thinking about your upbringing as a child. So number one is the secure attachment. So that occurs when children feel they can rely on their caregivers to attend to their needs of proximity, emotional support, and protection. It is considered to be the most most successful in any of the attachment styles. Moving on to anxious, ambivalent attachment. So that occurs when the infant feels separation anxiety when separated from the caregiver and does not feel reassured when the caregiver returns to the infant. Anxious, avoidant attachment occurs when the infant avoids their parents. Disorganized attachment occurs when there is a lack of attachment behavior. In 1980, the theory was extended to attachment in adults. Attachment applies to adults when adults feel close attachment to their parents, their romantic partners, their platonic partners, and their friends. Attachment theory has become the dominant theory used today in the study of infant and toddler behavior and in the fields of infant mental health, treatment of children, and related fields. So this is really important to understand as a foundational piece to understanding who we really are as humans, because the way that we're brought up or we're raised, programmed by, or even influenced by people that took care of us or raised us, or lack thereof, directly connects to relationships and the way that you see yourself as an adult. Hold on, though, because I know that this is a lot of information for me to be sharing with you, but it's really, really important that we get down this foundational piece so then we can lead into self-sabotaging behaviors, why we, we get involved in toxic relationships, why we do what we do. It's really good to be able to 
really dive deep into our lives and to our history. We also can take this to therapy and talk about it. I talked about it a lot this week with Juan. So that really, I probably made his mind blown from all the information I was spatting out. But we take those four styles of attachments in infants, and then now we can identify them in in adults. So that would be secure, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. These roughly connect to infant classifications, secure, insecure, ambivalent, insecure, avoidant, and disorganized, disoriented. The first one is securely attached. So adults that tend to have positive views of themselves, their partners, and their relationships. They feel comfortable with intimacy and independence, balancing both. Feeling secure has to do with a person's perception of control, feelings of competence, and a belief that they possess the ability to meet the challenges that they will face in the future. With adults, attachments in general are more cumulative and much more multifaceted than earlier attachments. There are more exchanges of support within someone's inner circle relationships or secure relationships, such as respect, confiding, reassurance, sick care, talking about one's health, and talking about things that could worry or upset them. These types of exchanges provide adults with a secure base that they are able to depend on a daily basis. So this is why earlier in the secure attachment for infants that researchers shared that they are more successful in their later in adult life. Anxious, preoccupied adults seek high levels of intimacy, approval, and responsibility responsiveness from partners, becoming overly dependent. They tend to be less trusting, have less positive views about themselves and their partners, and may exhibit high levels of emotional expressiveness, worry, and impulsiveness in their relationships. The anxiety that adults feel prevents the establishment of satisfactory defense exclusion. It is possible that individuals that have been anxiously attached to their attachment figure or figures have not been able to develop sufficient defenses against separation anxiety. Because of their lack of preparation, these individuals will then overreact to the anticipation of separation or the actual separation from their attachment figure. The anxiety comes from an individual's intense or unstable relationship that leaves the anxious or preoccupied individual relatively defenseless. Adults with this attachment style tend tend to look way too far into things. Okay, Julia. Whether that's a text message or a face-to-face combo, their thoughts and actions can lead to painful cycles of self-fulfilling prophecies and even self-sabotage. They often seek a dismissive, avoidant partner. Oh, I'm like trying to connect the dots and I see myself. Dismissive, avoidant adults desire a high level of independence, often appearing to avoid attachment altogether. They view themselves as self-sufficient, invulnerable to attachment feelings and not needing close relationships. So maybe like a little introverted. They tend to suppress their feelings, dealing with conflict by distracting themselves from partners of whom they often have a poor opinion. Adults lack the interest of forming close relationships and maintaining emotional closeness with the people around them. They have a great amount of distrust in others, but at the same time possess a positive model of self. They would prefer to invest in their own ego skills. 
Mm. Because of their distrust, they cannot be convinced that other people have the ability to deliver emotional support. They try to create high levels of self-esteem by investing disproportionately in their abilities or accomplishments. These adults maintain their positive views of self based on their personal achievements and competence rather than searching for and feeling acceptance from others. These adults will explicitly reject or minimize the importance of emotional attachment and passively avoid relationships when they feel as though they are becoming too close. Ooh. They strive for self-reliance and independence. When it comes to the opinions of others about themselves, they are very indifferent and are relatively hesitant to positive feedback from their peers. Dismissive avoidance can also be explained as the result of defensive deactivation of the attachment style to avoid potential rejection or genuine disregard for interpersonal closeness. Wow. Fearful avoidant adults have mixed feelings about close relationships, both desiring and feeling uncomfortable with emotional closeness. They tend to mistrust their partners and view themselves as unworthy. Like dismissive avoidant adults, fearful avoidant adults tend to seek less intimacy, suppressing their feelings. Sexually. (laughs) Securely attached individuals are less likely to be involved in one night stands or sexual activity outside of the primary relationship relationship and more likely to report mutual initiation and enjoyment of sex. What is this? It's just turning into, mm, I don't know. Should I keep reading? I'm trying to give you guys information. Dismissive avoidant individuals tend to report activities reflecting low psychological intimacy, one night sex, extradidic sex, sex without love as well as less enjoyment of physical contact. Research has demonstrated that for both sexes, insecure ambivalent attachment was related to enjoyment of holding and caressing, but not of more clearly sexual behaviors. I hope you guys didn't fall asleep when I was trying to explain that, but I wanted to get it written out and did research so I can explain properly because it is a theory, there is research behind it. But the reason why our style of attachment affects everything from our partner selection to how well our relationships progress to and how they end. This is why recognizing our attachment pattern can help us understand our strengths and vulnerabilities in a relationship. An attachment pattern is established early in childhood, right? And continues to function as a working model for relationships in adulthood. So if you were to sit back and think about right? Think about the time when you were growing up. What attachment style did you have as an infant early childhood time? So if you think about mine, um, I was always fearful. I was always anxious. So I think that that was part of my genes from my mom's side of the family, I believe. Um, But more importantly, my mom was a great caregiver. She stayed home and took care of us until um, she, I think I was like fifth, five years old, fifth, five years old. So then she was able, she opened her own company. She had a vending biz. Yeah, she's badass. And she worked part time so she could still take care of us Wednesday, Thursday, and part of Fridays, you know, during the week. But she was non-emotional. So I have no idea if that is what triggered me 
on top of my anxiety that I was actually born with, because I can sit there and think back to when I first started having panic attacks. And I believe it was like kindergarten, because I remember these like, certain vivid details about scenes that happened in my life, like you remember where you are kind of like a deja vu kind of thing. And it was because I was fearful. I was fearful to go to school. I didn't want to be away from my mom. You know, there was times where I remember that I would spend the night at my cousin's house, my most favorite cousin ever. And it would be time to go to bed and I would just go to the bathroom and cry. So I was very, very attached and scared, you know, and didn't know what to do when those dangerous or I felt like it was danger and I needed to be close to my parental figure to feel safe, but she wasn't there. So it's just things to keep in mind. And like I said earlier in the show, I'm going to be rocking this next month of Mo- November, Movember. <laughs> no, I'm not going to grow a beard. So I probably could though. I'm going to be doing this whole month of November really talking about why we might choose behaviors that are self-sabotaging in relationships and our careers, diets, um, the way that we look at food, addiction, all of that stems from what happened to us in our past history. It's really true. And it's hard to think about those things, but we're going to talk about it and it's going to be amazing. I have awesome guest speakers coming in because I can't talk about eating disorders and I can't talk about toxic relationships, but I reached out to people that want to be a part of the show, want to help others in the community learn how to be the best versions of themselves, no matter where they are coming from, no matter what has happened, and no matter what, who the F cares, right? (laughs) All right, so I'd like to end the show today with boatload of gratitude for all the support that you guys have given me. I can't thank you enough and I'll thank you until the day I die because this community is something that is bringing and lifting up so many people around the world. I just got a listener from Nigeria. How amazing is that? So awesome. And with that, friends, I will see you next week. I am almost ready for bed because this girl climbs into bed at 8 10 every night every night every night I need I need 10 hours of sleep to feel rejuvenated that's like part of my self-care plan and to let you guys know sleeping is one of my favoritest hobbies in the whole wide world like a perfect date night for me would be pizza, adult beverages, snuggles, and a good chick flick like Can't Buy Me Love or uh, Mean Girls or um, a cartoon like some Up. (laughs) I don't know. I'm getting delirious. See you guys next week.